0: sit in a dark room for four hours and say to yourself, have I done everything that I could with the life that I'm living to this point? If I was, if somebody told me that I only had three months, three to four months to live with no cure, 100% fatality, no hope, what would I be regretting?
1: Hey investors, you're listening to the Investing to Win podcast, the show dedicated to empowering investors to achieve financial freedom, and live your best life. This show is committed to offering honest conversation between investors, common sense strategies, real-time market updates, and professional guidance to achieving financial freedom. Investing doesn't have to be super hands-on or complicated. We are all about passive investments with real gain, so you have freedom of time and money. Your host is none other than Garrett Wong, who brings decades of experience in buying, renovating, and managing cash flow investment properties. Thanks for being here and get ready to invest to win. Hey there,
0: investment community. This is Garrett Wong, your host of the Investing to Win podcast. I'm alone today doing a, a solo cast. I'm alone in my podcast studio by choice. You know, it got me thinking. Last week, uh, if you had a chance to listen to the episode, I had on Rolf Hitzer. And at the very beginning, he. Mentioned to the audience, uh, to my embarrassment, that he was happy and honored that I'm even here to do this podcast. And what he meant by that is, I, I've had a, a pretty rough 2022, and a couple. As you'll, I'm going to explain today, a couple life scares. You know, when I talk about this podcast, it's about giving back. It's about you know, education, teaching, giving back to our community. And, you know, Rolf challenged me on that. And uh, I thought, well, how can I give back? I've had many people tell me that I need to get this story out. Only very few people know the entire details. And part of being an entrepreneur and maybe even a thought leader is being vulnerable. Um, So that's what I'm doing here today. I think the story I'm going to tell you will bring a lot of value to you. Uh, You know, are you working long hours? Are you stressed? Do you often feel like you have no choice in what you're doing? Do you routinely tell yourself it will be all worth it in the end? Well, if you've answered yes to any of those questions, then this podcast is a must listen for you. So, Jesus, it's uh, tough to tell. Summer of uh, 2020, 2021. So say August, I'm having some headaches. Honestly, a little bit of confusion, not sure what's going on. I mean, uh, some forgetfulness. I had a concussion playing hockey a few years ago, wasn't sure, you know, went to my doctor. Um, So he said, well, you've had a concussion before. Why don't I get you into the concussion clinic here in Winnipeg? Um, Because it's faster and they have a neurologist working there. So he got me in there very quickly. I saw a neurologist. And of course, what I wanted, she sent me for a routine MRI and I, I didn't have to wait that long. Uh, this was August of 21 and not even two months later, um, in October, I had an MRI, a brain scan. Okay, so I finished this and a few days later, I receive a letter in the mail saying that I'm scheduled for an MRI in about five months. So, I mean, you know, this is uh, Given how hard it was to get an MRI, uh, you know, post-COVID and things like that, I naturally thought it was a mistake. So I call in uh, to the clinic and I say, hey, you know what? It's Garrett Wong calling. Um, I think there's a mistake. You know, I just literally had an MRI a few days ago. Um, You guys obviously double booked or you sent in a couple of different requisitions and I have this other rec. So I'm calling today to tell you uh, just to cancel it. And she says, uh, let me look at your file. Um, no, uh, they, they scheduled this thing on, on uh, intentionally. Uh, they want you to have another MRI in five months. So, of course, um, <laughs> you know, my heart's dropped into my stomach. And I'm like, well, why? What did they find? Oh, it's nothing. It's, uh, you know, I can't really say anything. But uh, I, I'm told, according to the file here, it's just routine. They just want to rule something out. Well, how do you think anybody else would take that? So I insist on seeing the doctor, I want to go in, so she's uh you know books an appointment for me. So a week later, 7 days of fretting, I go in, talk to my neurologist, she looks at her notes. We're going back and forth. It's almost like I mean you can picture what it's like, right? You want answers, the doctor is speaking in a different language, uh not medical language, but almost like you're not even there, right? Well, you know, we uh saw a shadow of something it could be your physiology uh you know uh we just need to rule it out uh could be nothing but uh, we just want to take precautions well (laughs) if you're you know if i'm telling the story correctly hopefully you're freaking out as much as i am or i was rather now so i i say to her like okay like doctor like seriously my my wife Uh, is a nurse. She worked in neurology. Uh, I have a master's degree in molecular biology. I also worked in the medical field for many years. Like, give it to me straight. Like, what are you talking about here? And she says, well, uh, believe it or not, we want to rule out CJD. So for those of you who don't know what CJD is, and I knew exactly what those initials stood for, it's Krautsfeld-Jakob disease. Now, I actually had a buddy working on this uh, in grad school, so I knew quite a bit about it. And I'm like, "Are you serious?" She's like, "Well, I mean, we're not saying you have it, but the first MRI that you had, there's some kind of shadow that could be consistent in some people's brains that might develop into CJD, and what we need to do in standard protocol is in 4 or 5 months we need to repeat the MRI. And then we'll know if you'll we'll know if you have it, if it's gotten worse. So, I mean, of course, you're thinking, oh my goodness, I already knew it was bad. Um, To my recollection, I didn't even think that CJD, there was a cure, but I mean, that was, I mean, I was back in grad school in, my goodness, 97, okay? So, well over 25 years ago. So, who knows, right? So, I'm saying, well, what about second opinions and everything else? She goes, listen, she goes, you want me to be straight with you, I'll be straight with you. I don't think it is. It could be. We have to rule it out. But if it's CJD, you know there's no cure and you could be dead in six months anyways. So (laughs) you ask your doctor to be candid and that is what you get. So, all right. So let's, what do you do? I barely remember driving home. Um, First thing I do, uh, as anybody would do, we look to the internet. And I'll read off some facts for you here, because uh, I, I want you to feel what I was feeling at this time. Creutzfeldt Jakob Disease CGD, is the most common human form of a group of rare, fatal brain disorders known as prion diseases. So that's the first thing I re- I read right up at the top of Google. Um, second line: Creutzfeldt Jakob Disease causes a type of dementia that gets worse unusually fast. The disorder is fatal in a short time usually within eight months. Infection with this disease leads to death, usually within one year of onset of illness. So, I mean, you try to get hopeful. So, of course, the next thing I'm doing is, are there any experimental cures? Um, it, you know, What's the longest lifespan? What's the average? So, half an hour later, after exhausting the internet, research, all current research, says there's zero cure absolutely zero cure, 100% mortality rate. So, yeah, that's why my neurologist is saying there really is no point in a second opinion because they're trying to rule it out. I mean, if I don't have it in four or five months, then great. Uh, If I do have it, I will not be here anyways. So it might not be CGD. But what if it is? What if it is? I mean, how do you possibly prepare yourself? Prepare yourself for something like this. I'm not saying, and we all know people with cancer, I, I'm trying to give you the perspective that I have of this. But, you know, of course, you're like, okay, is there treatment? Can I go for radiation? Is there chemotherapy? What's my, my prognosis? Can I extend my life? And everything I was finding is the average person is dead within six months. So what's the next thing I'm, I'm doing? I'm feeling regret. I'm... You know, I, I'm not ready to go yet. You know, another thought is I love my life so much right now. I, I'm going to miss out on so much. You know, my kids, growing up. Um, sorry. It's uh, difficult to talk about. And um, honestly, when I thought about doing this, didn't think I'd get emotional. I thought this was just kind of behind me. But it's a podcast where I'm plugged, as Rolf said last week. So yeah, so I'm feeling regret. Um, what if I hadn't worked so hard? What time could I have spent with my kids and my family instead of working 80 hours? Well, I see them graduate. You know, at the time, my 17-year-old was going to graduate that year, you know? And, and then after that, it's, if I make it through this, I will dot, 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 right? I mean, that, that's all we can do is hope. I mean, they did say that it wasn't for sure that I had this, but I had to prepare myself. I mean, of course, the doctor's like, oh, you know what? Just go about doing what you're doing. You know, we'll just rule it out. But who possibly could do that? Who would, in their right mind, would just go on with life? So, I need need you to picture this, right? So, this is October. And, of course, your thoughts, right? So, um, Christmas comes. Thinking, okay, well, it's my. It could be my last Christmas. I have to make it count. Um, COVID had just pretty well opened up, and my my oldest had never been to a New Year's party as as a you know uh, as a an adult, and he chose to stay home um, on New Year's Eve to spend time with me because sorry could have been his last time with me last new year's fast forward you know a month later um month and a half later last valentine's day with my wife lisa you know it's it's just that's that's what you do right um so you know lisa you know such a rock if she's a nurse she knows what the writing on the wall is she can do her own research she was a neuro nurse i'm sure i didn't ask her but sure she had patients uh, with this while she was working in neuro so many years ago and while she's supportive she's also going through her own struggles you know with the potential loss of her husband and and life partner so I, i couldn't really turn to her and discuss my thoughts I had to internalize this, uh, which isn't healthy. I didn't tell anybody or any of my friends because it was just too painful. So, I, I focused. I, I did what I do. Um, I compartmentalized it. I put it behind a locked door at the back of my brain. That's kind of how I deal with stress. Um, again, not healthy. And I focused on the fact that I had this large property management company, this uh, so-called thriving business but i mean it's busy property management uh it's not it's not a it's not a great business it's a lot of stress there's a lot of moving parts and if i was going to die within four to six months my main priority then what could i put my energy into i did not want to leave her with a business that was so labor intensive so i did what i always do i worked i worked and i worked i worked my butt off But I decided to fix the business so that if I'm gone, she can choose to own it or not. But if she's going to choose to own it, she can do that without knowing anything about it. My goal was to make my property management company run on its own. I appointed an executive team. I I read some books. I came up with long-term strategies. Uh, I made even more systems and processes. And yeah, um, in four short months, I went from people knocking on my door every five minutes to creating processes, knowledge bases. I mean, we were pretty good, but I was still the glue that held it together. And they always say, in a true test of a business, is go away for a month—not two weeks. I think two weeks, anybody, any business can survive without the principal for two weeks. Go away for an entire month off grid. Nobody can talk to you and then come back and see what broke. That's really the test, the true test of the business. And that's what I was trying to go through. So this is February. I had uh, my, my other MRI in March. So March comes. I go for my MRI. And of course, at the back of my brain, I'm just thinking like I knew what the symptoms were of CJD. Like literally, audience, audience you you're you're going around doing minding your own business doing things you might trip a week later you're tripping a little bit more you're really clumsy maybe you're slurring your speech a week and a half to two weeks after that you fall into a coma that's literally so if you read stories about it um people have lost their loved ones within three weeks and then they fall into a coma and then six to nine months the brain just keeps deteriorating and they die it's it's uh it's just awful. All right, so I have my MRI. I'm hopeful because I'm thinking, well, if I don't have any symptoms yet, it's been three and a half, four months. Maybe, maybe there's some hope. So Lisa and I go to the neurologist, and we um, we get in there. Actually, I should even I should even back up. So they the neurologist and her husband who's also a neurologist they go uh, away every march to uh some kind of big neurology conference in toronto and i knew this and i knew this ahead of time because they said uh, when i booked my my that follow-up appointment you know what so and so doctors are going to be away in march when the results of your mri come back in we'll call you and we'll decide if you need to come in or not because they are going to be away.
1: Did you know that there is a big difference between investing in real estate and becoming a real estate investor? People become real estate investors all the time. They get into a flip or conversion project or even dealing with long-term tenants and they come back to us to tell us the same thing. It's like having another full-time job. I don't know about you, but that's not what we call investing. Investing in real estate is about having your money work for you in a way that is passive, consistent, most importantly, hands-off. So which one are you? Do you want to be a real estate investor or do you want to invest in real estate? For those that are open to investing in real estate and having your money work for you, listen up. Garrett Wong has spent decades helping thousands of property owners navigate the ins and outs of property investing and management through his award-winning company, upper edge property management their new division upper edge capital is currently involved in multiple projects from single family flips to multi-family development are you looking for a healthy return on your invested capital or perhaps becoming a joint venture partner if so go to www.upperedgecapital.com forward slash invest to book a time to speak with garrett and his team to see if there is a fit once again The link is www.upperedgecapital.com forward slash invest. Now back to the show. So I get the first MRI or sorry, I
0: get the March MRI. Don't want to be all over the place here, but uh, I get the March MRI. And then uh, about a week and a half later, I get a call from the clinic saying, yeah, you know what? Can you please come in? Uh, The doctor would like to see you. Talk about a freak out moment. Okay. So I remember they said, hey, you know what? If it's all good, we're just going to call you and kind of have a phone conference. But if it's really bad, we're going to call you and tell you to come in. So I'm freaking out for seven full days. I think it was like nine days, my wife and I. And uh, we get to the clinic, and it turns out that because of COVID, they canceled the, the conference. So that's why. We were told to come in because it was just a routine thing. They didn't want to do it over the phone. You think they could have told me that? My goodness, don't get me started about our medical system. Okay, so we go in, sit down into the doctor's office. And she says, okay, well, I don't want to beat around the bush. The second MRI shows no no shadows, nothing of CJD. She said, I even went further and um, talked to a buddy of mine, another radiologist, got a second opinion. Um, and he actually read your first films. And he actually doesn't think the, there was anything there either, any cause for concern. <laughs> so, you're clear. So, while you sit there in shock silence and you're wondering, my goodness, how could anybody have done this? What, what was the issue here? Basically, in a nutshell, the first radiologist made the wrong call. Thought... He or she—I uh, don't know—thought uh, he or she maybe saw a shadow there that was consistent with CJD and pulled the alarm bell just to say, "Hey, let's let's make sure that we rule this out." And I don't—I don't hold in. I'm not angry. Um, I went through through hell for four months for it, but honestly, it's it's fine because I'd would rather somebody be looking out, saying, "Hey, you know what? This could cause some stress in this fellow's family," but. Let's just make sure and rule it out because, you know, the last thing I would not want as a radiologist is for somebody to all of a sudden drop dead or fall into a coma, you know, in three weeks with no warning. So I'm all clear. We walk out of there, honestly, just completely numb. Um, Couldn't believe, uh, like, imagine four months of stress and thinking last Christmas, last Valentine's Day, last New Year's, last whatever. And now I've got this new lease on life. So what did we do? Well, you know, I have the travel bug. So a few weeks later, we're in Hawaii for a week celebrating. So what do you think I did when I came back from Hawaii? Okay, I'm being silent for, on purpose here. I know I can't hear your, question, your answers. So what do you think I did? When I come back, did I learn my lesson? Did I make permanent changes to my lifestyle? All those questions, all those promises I made, you know, if I don't have this, I'm going to dot, dot, dot. Uh, a big nope. I didn't do any of that, any of those promises. I went right back to my 16 hour days, 80 hour work weeks. Uh, I don't know what I was thinking. You know, uh, maybe it's a habit. Uh, I don't know. So that, that's April. All right. So let's fast forward to June. June 2nd, to be exact. So five, six weeks, I'm working my 80 hours, looking forward to the first time I'm going to be boating and fishing. As most of you know, I I love the outdoors and I am on a lake, first day of fishing with my son, Nathan, my oldest. And um, it was was cold out. It was first day, a little windy, lots of current. And it was four o'clock. Right before we were ready to um, pack it in, right near the boat launch, we're like, you know what? Bet you the it was it was a lousy day for fishing. We're like, I bet you the fish are going to be there in that high current spot, uh, over by that that rock. Why don't we Why don't we uh, go there? And I couldn't I couldn't uh, stay there with my trolling motor. I have a GPS trolling motor that keeps you on the spot. So we threw out the anchor. So Nathan throws out the anchor. I've got the motor running. To hold this in place and I guess the current, who knows whatever, I've, I've run this through my head a million times of what I could have, could have done differently. For whatever reason, the anchor goes underneath the boat and anchors in the bed of the lake at the exact same time that the anchor rope gets caught in the prop. For those of you who know boating, that is a very, very serious thing. But the boat basically spins around and now it's anchored from the back in high current because we're anchored, the boat's attached, sorry, the anchor rope's attached to the prop and the anchor is bit into the bottom, okay? So now we can't float down the river. So all of that water flows into the back of the boat because the back of the boat, as you know, is only about a foot off the water. In 10 seconds, no word of a lie. Count to 10, that is how fast the boat filled with water and sank, okay? We sank. I mean, you have to, I'm trying to even explain what that feels like because when you're on a boat, and this is a big boat, 19-footer, 8-foot um, wide beam, very, very stable. I've been on huge water with it, no issues, super stable. So, you get complacent, right? And you think, oh, nothing will ever happen. So, there's water coming through the back. The bow is starting to list up. I have time to Nathan. I mean, I'm shouting at him, what's going on? And he goes, no, the rope is slack. I don't understand. I'm trying to start the engine. It, it stalls. I finally realize that it's caught on the prop and my feet are wet already. I turn around to Nathan at the front. Of, he's at the front of the boat. And I say, Nathan, I think, I think we're sinking and then i turn around again now my my the water's almost up to my knees and all of the stuff that we had on the floor is starting to slide and bang bang my legs i say to nathan do you have your phone do you think you have enough of and then the boat flips so it doesn't just keep sinking what happened i guess is because it's at an angle and it's anchored it basically just rotated on its axis 180 degrees nathan's at the front of the boat so he basically gets thrown into the water I'm by the steering wheel of the boat on the right hand side and the other side of the boat flips on top of me. So I go backwards into the water. I see the uh, rail of the opposite side of the boat going towards my head. I put my hands up to protect myself and that motion of the boat flipping over pushes me deep into the water about 15 to 20 feet. And this lake is dark stained turbulent water. I'm I'm going back and forth, turning somersaults. I don't know if up or, or is down because I can't see where the surface is. I'm holding my breath. I managed to take a breath there. And I was running out of breath. And, you know, the thoughts are going through my head. This is it. I, I had a second chance at life and I'm, I'm, I'm going to die here. Like I can't, I'm just honestly, I'm saying to my mind, after everything I went through, I can't believe I'm going to die here. And then I heard a loud pop, and two seconds later, I'm on the surface. And that loud pop was, I was wearing a life vest, but it was one of those self-inflatable ones. And I guess it takes, <laughs> takes a while, which feels like an eternity, um, to come to the surface. So I'm on the surface, and the first thing in my mind is my son, right? Of course, if I flipped, I'm, on, I'm under the boat. I mean, I didn't see what happened to him he must be trapped under the boat. And so as soon as I surface, the only thing I can see is about three feet of the bow of the boat that's above the water. I can't see Nathan anywhere. But then I hear him shouting at me. Um, I guess because of the current and everything, he had floated behind me and he was freaking out because he couldn't see me. And of course, you know, he was (laughs) with the Manta Swim Club. He's a very strong swimmer. I'm worried about him. He's worried about me. So long story short, There was a bunch of people that saw us go in because we were right by a bridge. We were also right by a boat launch. This is also Friday afternoon. People are going and launching their boats for the first time to go out to their cottages. So we were picked up right away. Uh, I mean, that's the blessing. Uh, Because we, again, I said we were right by the boat launch because this is our last uh, time to uh, try to fish uh, for the day. And we got picked up right away. I think we were in the water for maybe two minutes. Now, the water was eight degrees. And I know that because I saw it on my fish finder. We were in the water for two minutes. By the time they got us back to shore, which wasn't very long, someone called nine one one. The RCMP are there. They've got you know the Zodiac boat, an ambulance, because they don't know. All they know is that a boat sank. They get us in the ambulance, measure our core temperatures, our body temperatures, uh, thirty degrees. We went from thirty-seven to thirty degrees. Win two minutes of water, I mean that's that's frightening, okay? I think I've talked enough about life scares, uh, you know, enough for probably ten podcasts. So what I'm going to say then now is, did I learn my lesson? <laughs> two life scares in a matter of eight months? Uh, you better believe it. <laughs> so, what do you do with a second chance? right? I'll tell you what I did. Obviously canceled the rest of our camping trip came home. And I sat in a quiet, dark room for over four hours by myself with a notebook. And I said to myself, what kind of man do I want to be with a second chance? What am I going to do with a second chance? What am I going to do with my life? Am I happy? You know, all of the things I I kind of promised myself, I went deeper. I mean, this is four or five hours of deep contemplation. And yeah. Uh, what, what would I do with a second chance? I've been given a second chance. Um, I'm not overly religious, although maybe I should be by now. But somebody's up there is trying to tell me something. Okay. So first thing I did, I, this is July. I went and I picked the person in my management company who I thought maybe would run the company eventually in, in the future. And I said, okay, um, you're up. You're up to the plate. Let's, let's do this. You're running the company. We'll figure out how we can pay you. <laughs> uh, we'll figure out what we need to run the company. And then we'll reverse engineer it from there. Uh, in a matter of months, uh, that was, geez, only seven months from the time I've recorded this podcast. And in that time, we have re-engineered the property management company. I have a full executive team, finance manager. I meet in with, I, I meet with them once a week. At a very high level. Of course, uh, I'm involved uh, where I want to be involved, but more from the creativity point of view. And that's freed up time for what I chose during my four hour contemplation to do, which is my first love property development, property development, uh, real estate in general, real estate investments, um, you know acquiring, uh, renovating. I love creating things. I love moving walls around and seeing what's going to happen. I love, I love the hunt of, of trying to find that deal. You know, it just gets me going and I hadn't done it for so long because all I was doing was working in my business. You know how they say work on your business, not in your business. I was a prototypical person, 18 hours a day, 80 hours a week working on my, in my property management company. And, and now I'm not. You know, so, you know, I've been, I've been talking to you guys uh, for, I'm sorry, but close to 28 minutes now. Can't believe I can do a solo podcast for that long. I apologize if I haven't engaged with you, but I hope, I hope you're hearing what I'm, I'm saying here because my message for you, my dear audience, make sure everything you do and I mean, everything you do is for your end goal, whatever that might be. You have one life to live, don't waste it, never have regrets, and you have to go for it, but with balance, with balance, okay? What does balance mean? Well, like I told you, you don't want to work and say, oh, one day I'm going to, again, fill in the blank. I'm going to travel. I'm going to take time off. I'm going to put a manager in place, right? You have to do everything. You have to work hard. You have to play hard, but you have to have balance. You can't go from one way, one one spectrum to the other. So what would you do with a second chance? What does your ideal life look like? Because we only have one. And, you know, if I've made you raise your eyebrow, maybe shed a tear with me, you know, maybe, maybe, I don't know, do something with this information sit in a dark room for four hours and say to yourself, have I done everything that I could with the life that I'm living to this point? If I was, if somebody told me that I only had three months, three to four months to live with no cure, 100% fatality, no hope. What would I be regretting? What would you have regrets about? So think about it. Digest this podcast, do some soul searching And I hope you find your answer because I certainly found
1: mine. I hope you enjoyed the episode today on the Investing to Win podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you are listening to this on. If this episode made you think of another investor, take a screenshot and share this podcast episode with them. Investing to Win is not only about helping you to win more, but WIN actually stands for Wise Investors Network. It's where we help our investors build a hands-off portfolio and have passive investments work for them. To see how you can potentially partner with us, go to www.upperedgecapital.com forward slash invest to learn more. Once again, the link is www.upperedgecapital.com forward slash invest. All links can be found in the description below. Until next time.